Hi, everybody. Welcome to Anything Can Be a Podcast podcast. I'm currently broadcasting from Kevin's garden. Yep. Yeah. Where are we? Uh, Clapham North. We're Cla- I thought we were in Stockwell. God bless London, right? I came in at Stockwell Tube and walked seven minutes. No, Clapham North. We definitely, yeah. we're not the scum in Stockwell with their skinny jeans and their yeah, weird coffee. Yeah. We're in Clapham North. Clapham. We have champagne and a tray of mystery shots. <laughs> um, so let me explain to everyone. Uh, Paul Crew has arranged another podcast in someone's house and then brought a bunch of people <laughs> looking at me very confused <laughs> on what the fuck they've gotten themselves into. They thought they were at a garden party and then a Canadian in an Iron Maiden t-shirt showed up, <laughs> smoked a cigarette and said, all right, now watch me tell jokes off the top of my head, people. And then I got the neighborhood wrong and they're all kerfuffled. Uh, they're going to speak to their estate agent i think it's actually just we just got to know it's not no longer clapham north we're now in the uh the vase district of clapham east west central is that correct um so a couple of things that i need to bring up uh we have a tray of mystery shots i haven't done a mystery shot since i think i was 19 in a frat house and then i walk into this garden there's a police officer here so you know that it's got to be fun so if things get out of control we're taking the car for a ride but there is a a tray of mystery shots. So what are the possible... I'm going to refer to Kevin, whose house yep. it is. Kevin, what are some of the drinks that someone could be imbibing? So you got straight vodka, straight gin. Oh, God. Yeah, no. <laughs> Imaginative. Yeah. <laughs> what are we, 11 years old? Like, You're on that at 11. <laughs> it's, it's cold in Canada, Kevin. It's cold. We've got rum. Again, straight. Well, what? Do, do you like these people? Because it seems like you're trying to punish them. I only like them when they're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not even going to be a. F- I've, I've drank straight gin. And you're not a fun. You're angry. You remember that fact that if you drink gin, you, too much gin, you can go blind, so you're a little concerned? I don't think that that's true, by the way. I think Kevin just zinged me, and I don't know how. Because I'm sober ish, and he's had like three. What else do you have? Like sake, sake, sake. Yeah, sake's on there as well. <laughs> it's just—it's the greatest. Is the little yeah, sake? Yeah, let's see what really happens. So you got straight rum, straight gin, straight vodka. Do you drink? You have to drink sake straight. I assume it's not one of those things you put with a nice a ribena. <laughs> what did you drink on Friday night? Oh, I had some uh, some uh, cranberry squash and sake on ice, and then I vomited blood. Um, and then anything else? Uh, I think that's it, actually, yeah. And is this an invention of your own, the tray of doom? Or is this it, something you uh, know? It's a tray of death, actually. Oh, yeah. Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a tradition. Normally we have... Whose tradition is that? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that aren't in the garden, you didn't notice the ominous point that Kevin... My tradition. <laughs> it's never good when English people start a tradition, because usually an indigenous people get wiped out eventually. <laughs> There's white and black. Not today. Oh. I didn't go to the shops. <laughs> you have sake just in the house? <laughs> What's that teriyaki sauce? What the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> you can't justify. I've never been in a house where they go. Do you feel like a sake? No, I'm not in the movie. You only live twice. So. <laughs> So sake with teriyaki sauce? You make like teriyaki sauce is made with sake, yeah. 
get the fuck out of town. I apologize for swearing, especially because when I said fuck, you just had that look of like, what was my... <laughs> it's still day, you can't say the F word while the sun is still high. Um, so you make teriyaki sauce out of sake. You can yeah, literally... Dark soy, light soy, sugar, and sake is teriyaki sauce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't act like you knew that, Mike. <laughs> That's sort of like I had an ex-girlfriend of mine was a chef, and one day I walked in the house and she was making potato chips, and I didn't even know you could do that in your house. And I like how all of you were staring at me like, "Yeah, you you peel the potatoes thinly, and then you bake them, you moron." And it's just like, but yeah, but when would you ever be like, you know what? I want some homemade potato chips or crisps. Pardon me. I, I realize now we're all staring because you're all doing that UK thing. Yeah. The, they are pronounced crisps, <laughs> you peon. Uh, it's, it, it's a fascinating, because why, why, what, what, I always think that potato chips, as I know them, so what you know as crisps, that crisps makes less sense than chips, because they are chips of a potato. But you guys say crisp because they make a, what? They're, they're crispy. But they're not, they're crunchy. <laughs> oh dear. Bring it on. I got 40 minutes to fill, and I will debate this to the death. I cannot talk politics. I don't know what David Cameron is up to, but they are. Okay, why do you feel that they're crispy as opposed to crunchy? What's your name, brother? I'm, I'm Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi. Nice to see you. Hi. No, well, well, they're crispy because you, you fry them, and they're crispy. I just if they were crunchy, they, they'd be something like, like a rice. Well, not, not, not a rice crispy, because that's crispy, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a rice, I like a rice crunchy. I have to describe, for the people not here, Alex is dressed like he owns like a very cool art gallery <laughs> called like Plum Sauce in Hoxton. He's got like Ray-Bans on, hair, just perfect. He's, he's wearing fucking cowboy boots in summer in London, while the rest of us are just like... Like, like, just shorts and no, like, just everyone else is dressed. It's summer. This is what I look like. You look like you're just ready to, like, I don't know, drink straight sake, but not in a garden in a room made of glass or something like that. Um, I'm not drunk sake yet. No, it's, it's on the menu there. All right. Uh, but back to your point. So you feel that they are crispy as opposed to continue your point. Yeah, I, I, I think crispy. Crispy was a word which existed before crunchy, possibly, which is why they were all crisps. Who else, when he said that for a second, went, you know, that's a fair point, actually. Because during the Ice Age, no, it, crunchy had to have been invented before crispy because if, let's go from the Ice Age, you're more likely to get crushed by something than you were to get crisped by something. Therefore, I'm right, and therefore better. <laughs> sure, sure. Oh, thank you. How Cru crushy and crunchy. I knew he wasn't words. done. <laughs> you did that beautiful, like, you are right, and now I must prove you wrong. <laughs> and Alex, what do you do for a, uh, for a living? I'm a lawyer. You're a lawyer. Yeah. You don't strike me as a lawyer. As I get older, I realize I do like that lawyers now are ashamed of it, even though <laughs> when I need a lawyer, I'm always happy to see a lawyer. Like, I don't know. Has anyone here ever needed a lawyer? Yeah. You don't need to get into it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, why did a policeman need a lawyer? You can dispel your own type of justice. I'm not going to go into that. I'm not going to. As a visa-holding immigrant in this country, I'm not getting into the other side of the law. But I, the reason why I needed a lawyer once was for a contract. And I always thought, like, I can just read a contract and I'll figure it out. And then when you go to a lawyer, it's like... I don't know, it's like watching a magician. Like, well, what is this tense? Do you call this a clause? And also, what type of law do you practice? Are you a barrister, a solicitor? I'm a, I'm a solicitor. I don't know what that means. 
<laughs> Wicked bird lady, second row. So what? Is, what, is, what, is, what is that? What is that? What is that? My profession. It doesn't make much money. I have, are you a? Oh. S- Kevin. Okay, She's let's trying to imply that he solicits for sex. I got it, Mike. But thank you. <laughs> did that really need pointing out? I'm glad you did. <laughs> Um, are you also a solicitor? No. For sex? Prostitute? <laughs> Not anymore. Oh. What do you do? I'm a chef. You're a chef. <laughs> All right, so sort of prostitution All right, easy. Way to turn on me in a second, guys. So you're, where do you cook? Uh, I don't anymore. I run the business. Oh, so you've, you've elevated. I, I, I tell my minions to do what I want. So you've elevated to the point where you can walk in the uh, hot yes, kitchen. Have wine by the bar. Yeah. Go, it's a bit hot in this kitchen. You call this a potato. It's yeah. supposed to be crispy as opposed to crunchy, and then you fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, and what, what what is the restaurant that you are the lord of? It's, it's, a, it's a, a catering company, so we do business and daytime catering. Oh yeah, so nothing but sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna get to the soliciting, and then we're gonna come back because I used to be in the catering business. And it's like being a pirate, that world. Because I wasn't in business catering. I was like wedding and uh, like bar mitzvah catering. Oh, it's ins- I Once a bride and her father came into the kitchen and started screaming and crying at each other. Then he stole two cigarettes, smoked both of them inside, gave me $50 and said, don't tell my wife. And <laughs> that was at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It was Anyway, so you're a solicitor. What type of law do you solicit in? Uh, I, I solicit in uh, commercial and IP law. What does that mean? Uh, so if I'm going to make this funny, guys. I know you're looking at me going. <laughs> no, I'm always snoozing off if you're not careful. But well, watch uh, out, Alex. I'm, if not, I'll start talking about prostitution again and get everyone <laughs> back outside. Uh, so IP law, intellectual property, uh, if, you, if you've got an idea. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you want to protect it. So are you dealing with patent trolls at all? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, for those of you who don't know what patent trolls are, it's this really weird thing, which is basically because of software and stuff. Like Alex is probably more expert this than I am. Uh, software and stuff like that. Basically, any sort of idea you could have, especially in America, you could go to the patent office and be like, it's a, a, a program that uh, turns sake into teriyaki sauce, <laughs> but on the internet. And the patent office will be like, yeah, here you go, you have the patent. And then these patent trolls, what they do is they take that patent and go, well, theoretically, with this software, you could also make music. Therefore, iTunes is my idea first. They owe me a billion trillion dollars. And there's this town in Texas that's ma- have you heard about this? In a town in Texas that's made it as legal industry to just always side with the patent trolls. And so now all these high-tech companies are literally redoing the town to try and get the juries on side. So Samsung built an, uh, an ice rink in Texas that's for them. Uh, like Apple redid their town hall. It's uh, this insane side of, is that what you're dealing with? Or are you? Yeah, to, to a certain extent. I've, I've not heard of this because obviously UK jurisdiction, but... Um that, that sounds mental. It's fucking it. Yeah, but it's American law, which is just mental as it is right <laughs> now. I want an ice cream. That sounds brilliant. Yeah, guys, England, get on it. Start passing some crazy fucking laws, and let's get some companies to redo Big Ben. That thing should be digital, goddammit. No more of these ping bongs. It's allowed beep beep every hour. Oh, what a treat. Um, what's the? W- so do you have to wear the full robe when you go to court? No, no, no. Fuck, can I, I just? Know, I, I, I lost out. I, I, wanted, I wanted the wig and the robe. Yeah, that's the only reason I would become a lawyer in the United Kingdom. That 
that's literally it'd be very difficult seeing as I'd have to go to university and then law school and learn how to speak <laughs> with a British accent because you're not hiring a Canadian lawyer named John you've murdered someone you're gonna like who can we go we could get Arthur Amisher he uh, is from Oxford the third, the third. Uh, him and his cat will help solve the mystery and then you'll get off or you could hire John from Canada he's not available right now because he's ice fishing uh, but if you call him on his duck phone he'll be back in three quarters of a fortnight. Like, I'd get no work just walking in there in a hockey jersey. Judge, what's up, brother? All right, guys, let's have a coffee and sort this out. Um, you do lose out, though, by not being America, because in my head, the best lawyer will always be a southern... American lawyer, not like from South America, but like Madlock, like the like the white suit. That in a time to kill the the the, um, the DA, so not Matthew McConaughey. I think it's Jimmy Woods or whoever. Uh oh, the tent is falling. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you bring it's up a comedy tent, because it's, it's funny when it's gonna fall down and hit. <laughs> <laughs> you do the comedy. All right. <laughs> Note to self, <laughs> keep Kevin away from the tray of death. Now, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, but you don't have, so you, are there any sort of characters in your law firm? Do you have any of those old school? Because I always, like, miss the lawyers of, like, the 60s and 70s that are just, you know, like, like, bottle of whiskey in the drawer, and there's, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like law is now, like, I just updated Twitter. We got to head down and figure out how to get this Facebook, like, taken off our page, or is it like that? Like, what? Oh, no, not really. Um, that, that sort of uh, concept sort of died out, unfortunately. There's, there's no more sort of whiskeys being knocked back in the afternoon. There are boozy lunches. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's uh, the UK, brother. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, so, I'm not a lawyer, but I've had a couple of boozy lunches myself. Yeah, you've got executive lunches, and then, you know, uh, you, you go out and uh, you make sure you come back at a reasonable time, uh, back, back to your house anyway. Uh, you don't really come back into the office. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else here who's hired a lawyer just get really nervous all of a sudden? <laughs> at a reasonable time when you start drinking at noon you oh it's three in the morning better head back home for a quick shower so i can get to court in the morning <laughs> or this woman that's definitely innocent will not get off anyway so um and when you are drinking with your lawyer friends your solicitor pals this the solicitants let's call yourselves sure, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah are you drinking like martinis in really classic suits round two uh <laughs> rosé wine yeah rosé wine uh, I, Wait a I, minute, I, you're I, in Liverpool Street <laughs> having a rosé with a guy named Arthur? Alex, you When you so phrase it like that, I, I'm suddenly starting to question my lifestyle. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a matter of questioning lifestyle, it's just so weird how like the world and perceptions change. Because I picture like lawyers and executive lunches like just a fishbowl of martini and they're screaming like objection at a bartender. As opposed to you like calmly just having like a glass of rosé, but it's gone to my head. There's no way I can practice law. <laughs> Off to bed quickly. Send this pasta back. It clearly has gluten. As you know, I'm trying to avoid that type of calorie. You call this a carb, I call it shit. Like, it's just, it's a strange... Is it, well, what has happened to our great society? I, I don't know. It, it, it has come to that to a certain degree, yes. Listen, all in all, I think it's probably for the best, because a lot of those guys died at 50 from, like, the heart, a heart attack that could kill the sun. Well, like, you and I will live, you know, prosperly until our, like, you know, mid-60s. Strong, strong, strong. Yeah, strong though. Like it's just, I just, I still smoke cigarettes, and I also like to wander on train tracks. So I know the end is coming for me sooner than it is for all of you. But let's get to it. You're a caterer. How long have you been in the food industry? You can lie. Most of your life. Like so, like. I gotta stop talking to the second row because 
They brought a fucking handful of material that's ten times better than whatever I'm trying to sell. Over Kevin's just drenched in, in just straight gin, just thrown up on Moe's. And I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. Jude. And Jude is sat. Hey Jude. Uh, yeah, right. Guys, remember? Have you ever heard of the Beatles? They're pretty good. You should check them out. Like, they've only been around for a couple of years in the '60s, but they got a couple of great tunes. Hey me when that song comes on. Just wait to embrace it. When you do think about the lyrics to Hey Jude, it's really weird that Paul McCartney wrote a song for John Lennon's kid to make him feel better for how big of a dick his dad is. <laughs> like, how passive-aggressive is that? <laughs> oh, Paul, do you have any new songs? Yeah, I got this one about uh, this kid, Julian, I know. His dad's a real douche and or bag. Oh, my son's named Julian. Yeah, uh, coincidence. Uh, <laughs> I guarantee, like, that's how, like, Yoko Ono got to record songs on the White Album. Is like, Paul was trying to push for Hey Jude, and he's like, you can do Hey Jude, but first Yoko is going to beat up this platypus with a tambourine for 45 minutes. <laughs> Just, I, and what also pisses me off is John Lennon, I want him, I want to like him so much. Like, he's like, he's the cool Beatle, and like, he's performing for the Queen, and he goes, everyone can clap, and for some of you in the more expensive seats, you can just rattle your jewelry, and you're just like, oh, what a fucking charming guy. But you read like this much into him, I'm making a very small hand gesture for the people who aren't here with eyes. Um, blind people here. And, uh, and people listening. And like you literally like he's on heroin and he's beating up women all the time and like it's just you're like ah, oh, John, and then you like look into Paul and Paul's actually the reason the Beatles broke up because he just wouldn't leave his castle in Scotland because he felt they were all dicks and like Ringo like has said openly he hates Liverpool and doesn't understand why people live there and then George was just sort of like this quiet nice guy wearing moccasins until you know his best friend Eric Clapton just took his wife one day. <laughs> I don't know how we got onto the subject of the Beatles, and I'm glad that I shared all this information with you guys. I know what you're thinking. Hey, John, I don't know anything about the band The Beatles. As a UK person, they're very rarely brought up. Um, usually we discuss the Rolling Stones, and that's it. Do you have needless information about that band? Oh, do I? I fucking do. Um, sidebar, if you're ever looking for a great time, go to Abbey Road Studios, bring a beer, maybe a nice little folding chair, and just watch the Japanese tourists face death <laughs> trying to get a photograph like that because it is a active A road that has a lot of lorries on it and they do not give a fuck <laughs> I, my friend Shea discovered it um, and he used to go literally he was a uh, a chef in Soho and like late at night he would go and just watch it. You literally see like like drunk like couples trying to like do that like photo but like he's like they're just hammered. They're hammered so they get like halfway and then they realize someone needs to take the photo so one of them's like running out and then there's just a car comes whipping around and it's like leaning on the horn and they're like getting the photo but they're all very startled and they run off at the last minute. And he would go down like by himself. He took a date there one time which I think we never saw her again so I assume it didn't go that well that she was like what are we gonna do we're gonna go for a drink you're probably into food so we'll probably like get like some nice oysters or go to like a cool seafood place and he's like no we're gonna go to abbey road studios and watch the almost death of people we don't know um hope you brought your own beer and your own chair and so yeah all right anyway speaking of beer and chairs so catering business what is the uh worst food disaster that you've ever encountered in your service industry life 
them at Christmas and the client came into the kitchen afterwards and said that was absolutely fabulous, loved everything, mm. can't wait for the cheese board. I've forgotten the cheese board. Oh no. <laughs> for 60 people. What did you do? Just ran to the off-license, got some Velveeta and hoped that they had <laughs> enough wine? Much, yes, I basically got all the staff, got them to give me as much money as they had on them. <laughs> <laughs> as I it's where all the fucking yeah. you want, isn't it? And yeah, I just made something up and told them it was a, a traditional. I think I just made some sort of shit. Oh, fuck yeah. And got home with it. You walk in there with just some cheddar and a couple of baby bells. Oh, this is a Mongolian brie. Um, oh, that's so fun. I, I don't know. I've, I always think of like. I worked in the service industry out of university because I went to theater school. The joke being there, what do you do when you get out of theater school? You work in a restaurant. And it's not a funny joke, but it's still a joke. And. I absolutely loved it because when you're like 19, 20, 21, it's literally like being a pirate. Because in these like turn and burn kitchens I was working in, it's all these like weird, crazy guys. Like there was this guy, Mike, who was like a massive alcoholic. But like, and you know how you meet those alcoholics that are in their 50s and they're just accept it? He was like proud of it in the oddest way. And like his weird facts, like he would drink warm beer in the morning. And the reason was it was good for your throat. I don't know what doctor told him that. And based on the fact that he talked like this, he was fucking wrong. And, <laughs> and the weirdest thing I ever saw was I, um, I worked in this sort of, it was like this coffee shop. And in Canada, we love coffee shops. They're open 24 hours because it's cold. And so people just drink coffee at night. It's weird, and, but it's what we do. And then what they'll do around Christmas is these coffee shops will cater for like these big works parties. And I was the dishwasher. And literally, it is the best job. It's the, I've... I'm okay at comedy. I was one of the best dishwashers <laughs> ever. I got paid extra money. I got recruited by a catering company. I could come in when I wanted to. I was that fast. I knew how to use a little hose. I could flip the cutting board and still land it on a little tray. It's not a good skill to have, <laughs> to know you're good at talking and you can make dishes clean faster than the other guy who can't read. And so, but I, uh, I was so good. But this, it was literally, we had like four catering events in this like massive, building and we were there we started at like seven in the morning and we finished at midnight and there's something really romantic about being at the end of like a, a service shift because you're covered in this type of sweat you didn't know was possible and you're gooey and like you've you've used swear words to your boss like your boss comes in and goes you call this a dirty pan or a clean pan and you're calling him the c word and threatening his life and he has a knife and you have a knife but you don't have time to kill each other because <laughs> he has to braise a pork head and you need to clean like four other basins. And so it like wraps up, but it's the end of the night and we were so exhausted. And uh, it's literally the reason why I think I still smoke is I still long for the cigarettes after those shifts. It's like you just take a drag and you're like, I didn't die, but I'm, I'm still so sure death is coming. I'll enjoy this. And like you're outside. I remember it was like, it was Christmas Eve, so it was December 23rd, and it was like minus 20, and we're all outside in like jeans, like just jeans and t-shirts, and steam's rising up of us, and we're so like elated to be done. And then this other dishwasher, whose name was Spike, uh, I don't think it was his real name, uh, <laughs> he came up and he's like, John, you wanna, let's go get drunk. And I was like, Spike, I would love to. And he's like, I swiped some vodka from behind the bar, because when you work in a kitchen, you work with actual criminals. Not like fake criminals. They're like one time I got pinched for having a little bit of weed. Like criminals that are like, like, what? It, why did you go to jail? Oh, I stole eleven cars, and then they caught me stealing one of those cars. 
and now I do this. And you're like, okay, I'm never inviting you over to my house. But <laughs> so Spice swiped some vodka. It was many years ago. Statue of Limitations is out. See you making mental notes. Montreal, I'll call Remy. Um, so we swipe the vodka, and we go into the sort of kitchen. I'm like, girl, we're going to have a, like a little bit of straight vodka. Maybe we'll put some gin and some sake on a tray and have a tray of death. <laughs> but old school style. Callback. Pretty good, right, guys? And... Um, <laughs> And this is going to get a little graphic. For those of you who are squeamish, I apologize, but I will try and church this up as best as possible. Is Spikes removed his trousers. It's not going where you think it is. Um, <laughs> and squatted on the open bottle of vodka and then did a headstand. The theory being, it gets you drunker faster because the vodka's gone straight into your bloodstream. Yeah, you are all grossed out at the description. I am tired and exhausted, covered in sweat, on Christmas Eve Eve, watching a convicted felon ass half a bottle of vodka, and then he fell on the ground and just started laughing, and then went, your turn. That's impressive. It was, it, impressive. it was, it, oh, I, thank you for your positivity of the situation. Well done, well done to your friend Spike. I wouldn't say he's my friend. Uh, he's my role model and mentor. Uh, Your lover, actually. No, no never. I. It's far too gentle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it literally, and, every, and I told the story, I remember telling the story, like I went off away for Christmas, the restaurant was closed for like three days, and we came back, and I said to someone else, like, oh, uh, Spikes wanted me to go have a drink with him, and he went, oh, did he put some vodka in his asshole? And I was, I was like, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, he does that all the time, it actually does work. And it was come to reveal that everyone else in the restaurant had done that, and I got made fun of for not doing it, which is ridiculous. You can't have the moral high ground where you've you've literally put liquid you're supposed to drink with your mouth up the place where it was just insane. And then I ended up uh, I ended up leaving, but I'm actually going back to Montreal in a month, and I'm I'm going to try and go back because most of those guys are still there. Because Montreal, there's no city like it anywhere else, which is it's like never never land but with french people so the food is great and everyone's just a little too pretty and a little too fashion conscious and so people there have like the rent is a song like it's literally like the house like kevin that you have the entire house would be like four hundred dollars which is like five quid and <laughs> and it comes with like a swimming pool and like everyone's jobs are nebulously weird like what do you do well i am a bartender two days a week but i'm also a poet and i'm trying to sort of concentrate more on spoken word so occasionally I hang out at this uh, cat abortion clinic and we do spoken word of poetry. And it's just this weird nebulous city where no, like it's like you would never loan anyone money because you're like, I'm never seeing that. It's like junkies that haven't figured out heroin yet. That's the entire citizenry. And it's just, it, it's an amazing place. Again, I recommend if you're ever looking for a vacation spot because it's dirt cheap. It's like politically the most corrupt city ever. But in terms of crime, spot on because they have just let the mafia completely take it over and now all that happens is you just have to pay off uh, the mob once a week or they just <laughs> throw a brick through your window and the uh, police uh, have tried to stop it but so ingrained that they can't even do it which brings in this next service industry story that I forgot about which uh, I may have to edit out because what are we doing for time? We said just killing all the momentum in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Needlessly. Oh, great. Um, so I, uh, I worked as a uh, waiter. So after I watch a man drink vodka with his bum, I thought <laughs> I need to get a better job. So I became a waiter. And I worked in this like, it was like, it was like, it sh this place should be in like Liverpool Street. Like it is hip city. It was called an urban cafeteria. And what it was is it was the sort of hook was like three star dining in 20 minutes, which basically just meant they had a lot of chefs and cooks 
that tried to cook as fast as possible, and it never really worked out, and everyone was really stressed out. And I was a food runner and a, uh, and a waiter in this place, and what they did is, mistake was A, it had an open kitchen, which you never want. You've worked in kitchens, you never want the people to see, because there's knives, so there's a lot more bleeding on your food than you want to be aware of. <laughs> like, I know like we all live in this world of cleanliness, but I can see your face. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a lot of like, what happened to the steak tartare? Why is it on the ground? Dust it off. Tell no one. Like, yeah. I understand you're all like, we're going out for dinner tonight. Yes, well, not at your restaurant that you're going to, but other ones like Nando's, for example. But, um, and this place, so I was the, I was the waiter and there's two like, like I've never, like, you know guys that look like cool in suits? Like they are like, expensive suits and like gaudy like cream colored ties and like hair all up to yaya like these guys look cool and it's this um one guy who's like a canadian irish guy also named john and this other guy who was italian and they go up and they're in my section and i serve them some wine and i used to be really really fat i lost about 140 pounds and this was the year after i had and they um i don't know what that is in stone like two pebbles and a brick and so uh, <laughs> and they were trying to watch their weight a little bit and uh, so I was just like, oh, well, what you want to do is maybe get something like a salad, but also like be aware of your proteins, da da da. And then I probably, I didn't mention maybe not have wine with lunch, you lunatics. But, <laughs> and uh, so I, we're talking a little bit, and my boss brings me over and he goes, do you know who that is? And I was just like, no idea. And uh, there is a mafia family in Canada called the Rizzutos. Uh, one of the guy I actually served, uh, he's now dead, they shot him. I don't know who they is, Mike. Any idea? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not like that at all. You're, yeah, I know what happened. You're like, I gotta go again. Um, and they were the and the way they were it was one of the Rizzutos and his lawyer was the the Irish guy. And they'd come in for lunch every Friday. And my manager was like, they're very nice. Do not take anything from them. If they leave you money, that's fine. If they ask you for a favor, just say no, thank you. I uh, I'm not a part of that. They are, we pay the money to protect the business. So they're aware, be cool. And I was like, okay, but you, there's a weird air where you're like, cause in the, my head, as much as we all go, the mafia is real. It's not actually real. You know what I mean? Like it's in the same way. Like you just don't believe it to be. It'd be like if someone went, no, Santa Claus is real. And you're like, no, but it's my mom. Like, no, but Santa Claus still helps. So you're like, it's weird. And like, I remember just being so nervous, always serving them. And they'd always tip me $20. Uh, tipping is this thing where you give. <laughs> Don't get any ideas for today. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike, I'm so glad you covered these things. I'll see you after. Um, but, and they tipped me toward host, and I remember being so nervous, and I like took the money, and I went to my my manager, Johnny, and he's like, can I take this tip for $20? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And they would come in every Friday and started asking me like health advice all the time. And like, I then got really worried, I'm like, I, cause I get panicky. So I'm like, do I need to like start like researching nutrition to make sure these guys lose weight? Or like if one of them comes back after eating nothing but lasagna for a week and it's like, I put on 10 pounds, tonight you sleep with the fishes. Um, but yeah, though, luckily uh, he got into a gang beef and got shot in the face. So I, I think I'm okay. Yeah. Bullet dodged, right guys? Um, so let's, uh, and uh, Alex, who are you here with? Is this, uh, uh, this is my girlfriend, Lily. She's from Sweden. From Sweden? What part of Sweden? Uh, Stockholm area. Okay, yeah. I've been to Stockholm. That's cool. I didn't, I didn't like it. Really? Oh. 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 
At least I'm honest. At least I didn't do what all of you do, which is you. No, 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 no. Don't sit and look at me with your UK judgment. You've all been to France, and you all walk around going, oh, oh, it's so nice here. And then as soon as a French, yeah, exactly. I hate the French. Exactly. As soon as that's on podcast, I'm just being racist. Why do Canadians hate the Swedes? Hockey. First of all, Jealousy. you're not better. <laughs> Who won the gold medal at the Olympics? It was Canada, victory, Sweden, fourth place. Go fuck yourself. Now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Five about football and cricket for three years. We're going to finally talk about a sport where something happens and they use the camera appropriately as opposed to placing it at the top of the stadium. So even though you're sitting at home watching a game, you're squinting trying to figure out which team you're rooting for. Going, well, they're supposed to be on that side, but they're running that way. I don't know. I'll just go for the Brazilians, I guess. As opposed to hockey where it's, it's literally blood. They're wearing knives and shoes fighting with wooden sticks. And people, like, what happened? What's the worst injury in football? A guy got bitten in the shoulder. In hockey, people have died because they weren't playing well enough for Russia. Now. <laughs> you really didn't think I was going to be able to say that with some levity. Classic comedian trick. If you need a laugh, just blame it on the Russians. Everyone enjoys it. Even the Swedes. Um, I just didn't, I, the, my, I really love Scandinavia, but I just found Stockholm had this sort of weird like air about it, like it was very impressed with itself. Oh yeah, we are, but... See? <laughs> <laughs> what, what I mean? It's because we are better. Like. See, this oh. is what I don't <laughs> I'm from Canada, that sort of like self-pride, it's just sort of like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be concerned about what other people will think. And the Swedes are just walking around just with a giant Nordic dick, just like, yeah, you see that? We did that. And they're pointing at H&M. You're like, you're proud of H&M? Yeah, you can buy jeans for a pound. They'll fall apart in 10 days, but still, you can buy them. Um, so what brought you over from Sweden to England? Boyfriend. Boyfriend. And did you meet in Sweden? We met in Vietnam. Come on. You got oh, international yeah. travel couple. You're figuring out. What do you do for a living? Official merchandising is your company, or is it just... No, visual merchandising. Oh, visual merchandising. Yeah, that's basically what I do. So I do the windows, I move around the shop. You dress the mannequins? Yeah. Fuck, I always wanted to do that. I don't know why. <laughs> Doesn't that just seem like a cool job? I don't know what it is. Just because you're in the, the store at night, and so everything's like a bit more mysterious. I know what you're wondering. John, are you an 11-year-old boy <laughs> that has some sort of weird disease where you look much older? Yes. Yes, I am. It also has to do with, there's this television show in Canada growing up called uh, Today's Special. Now strap in, because the premise is literally insane. Um, airplane flying overhead. Yeah, hi Heathrow, it's, uh, it's me, Kevin, I'm calling again. I'm, I'm inviting a friend over to do a fake radio show underneath a tent for some friends. Uh, yeah, I got Sambuca. Uh, I'm just wondering if you could divert all air traffic so as not to disturb his fake radio show. You can't stop calling? I don't think I'm going to be doing that. All right, speak to you later. Bye-bye. Um, so there's this Canadian kids show called Today's Special, and here was the premise. A mannequin had a magic hat, and when you put it on him, he would become real and walk around the store. And he hung out with the store security guard, 
who was a puppet. <laughs> who the fuck knows why? <laughs> and then the store owner who lived in the store, and they would figure out problems like spelling and mathematics. And that's why I'm always like, just to be in a department store late at night, because maybe that's when the mannequins come to life. Or some, there's just something about it. What's the, uh, what's the worst situation you've ever had with a customer in a retail situation? Because I know I've yelled at some people when they bring me in an inappropriately sized jean. <laughs> <laughs> it's 3434. It's not hard to remember. You bring me a 3432. It looks ridiculous. It looks like I'm waiting for a flood. I don't like that look. <laughs> <laughs> I have weird legs. I'm aware that I have an odd torso, mostly body. So you'd think I'd be like a 3436, but it's 3434. Don't tell me what I'm supposed to wear. It's my body, <laughs> Lady of the Gap, two days ago when I'm trying to buy jeans and was snooty. When I said, do you still have corduroys? And she went, why would we? Because they're delightful. Now. <laughs> If you see, no, the corduroy pants are gone, and I fucking hate it. I like a corduroy pant, because it's like an informal jean. What are you doing? I don't know, hanging around the house, but I don't want to be in, like, sweatpants or something like that, because that tells people I've given up on this day. But corduroy pants looks like I'm in some sort of attack position waiting to attack the day, but first I'm going to play Batman Arkham Knight for about five hours, and then just needlessly look at Facebook for another two, and then I'll go, well, I can't go out now. It's dark. And then you put on the sweatpants. So worst interaction with a customer. Whose fault was it? Because as a Swedish person, I'm inclined to blame you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing personal. It's just that um, we have a deep hockey rivalry between our two countries, and it's the only thing Canadians well. can be confident about. It's in our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. You will act like a supplicant to the rest of the world unless they go, oh, we're better at hockey than you, and then you act like a almighty dick <laughs> for no reason, even though statistically the Swedes are actually better at hockey How than us. How uh, recruit so many Swedish hockey players? Huh? Because we're hypocrites, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Little thing called we like to live in a glass house and throw stones <laughs> through the window. <laughs> that's just another trick. If you just own up to how big of a dick you're being, it's funny for a bit and then just gets really horrible. Now, I'm I was just joking, obviously. Worst interaction with a, a customer. Really? Yeah. Like what? Rich, rich middle class women. Am I right, guys? As you, <laughs> said, <laughs> as you said, if I bring them the wrong size, they do anything wrong with me. It's just so strange. No, I, uh, a friend of mine used to be a, she was a professional, like a lingerie and bra sizer. I know, what are you thinking? Is that a job as opposed to a plot line in a porn? No, it's an actual job. <laughs> And you would think it's, but it's, and she had, like, her stories were insane. One day this woman, and she said, like, not to be indelicate, but the woman was a bit of the broader variety. And she kept insisting on the, the bra she wanted. And so my friend finally, like, she described it, had, like, the woman, like, laid down and had, like, a knee on her back and was just trying to, like, sh just, like, glory shoehorn this thing on her. And the bra literally just, like, it broke in the front because it was a science problem and science won out which is you can't go one way without the other and the tension was so the bra is in half and she went you have to pay for this because it, it ripped on your body it's sort of your fault and the woman was like no it just shows shoddy manufacturing and then stayed in the store for an hour calling Victoria's Secret head office trying to get a re it's just it's insane it's insane well ladies and gentlemen I'm, uh, I'm gonna uh, wrap this uh, insanity up just a couple of quick things uh who are you going to the edinburgh festival this year yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. all right first time uh, no, a few times before. 
anyone's first time? What are you excited to go see? Let's talk about. Uh, I'm not seeing Ninja Gaiden. That's it. And here I thought I hated the Swedes. <laughs> oh, I just do what foolproof Daryl can do. <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> it works out nice. We're in a nice, we're in a nice garden. That's fantastic. Um, favorite thing about the Ember Festival? The reason I. Kevin, you are a simple man <laughs> with simple tastes, but you embrace it. Because yeah. most people, because that's what Edinburgh really does. Everyone talks about it like it's an art festival where they have to see the dancers and there'll be an interpretive painter. And we're, there's, a, there's a street performer and he becomes a panther or is a panther. No one knows. And what it actually is, is like 10,000 Pissheads <laughs> standing next to art, just screaming about what they're drinking and how expensive it is, and then they buy a burger and then they throw up in a dustbin. That's, that's why Kev brings his tray up to Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the tray of Tony Law, we're looking forward to Tony Law. Tony Law, Tony yeah. Law. yeah, I do. I love Tony Law. I was in Australia with Tony Law for a month. You might want to edit that out. Can I just edit that out? Unless yeah. you want Tony Law to you just edit it out. <laughs> he didn't turn up for something, but... Oh, that's Tony, though. It's, yeah. it's kind of like knowing a cipher. Like, you just, you don't know, really know what... You, I gotta edit all this out. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about a friend of mine? All right, anyway. Uh, um, he's brilliant. I love him. He's brilliant. He has a nice beard. I've always wanted to be able to grow a beard. Oh. But it com- yeah, right? Yeah, I Does it. it come in patchy? I'm trying. I'm I'm, I've physically tried for the last five days, but this. That's five days? <laughs> I finally have beard superiority over someone. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good beard. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, you, that's a noble and beautiful beard. You look like you like a five leader. hours. Yeah. It's just because you look like you could be like a, a dashing spy or like a villain in a Western or both at the same time. <laughs> I don't know what you do for a living and I don't want to judge because I'm an open book he tried to save that with humor it didn't work and now they're all staring at me because for some reason I'm stood up again I don't know why what do you do? I do one of those jobs where you sit in front of a computer all day and you wonder what you're doing with yourself is that a profession now? yeah does having the beard help? I think the beard would help because you can stroke it with contemplation, staring at the screen, going, what could I do? I could be a philosopher. I could be a professor. But we have a nice health package here, so I'll remain. Um, Well, that's very good. Well, listen, everyone, listen, if you don't like your job, just start stealing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you just, you think you want to be doing something bad? Well, well, if if you had your druthers, what would your dream job be? It could be anything. You could dress mannequins. <laughs> that would be a good job. Yeah, that'd be a good job. Uh, I don't know. Being a horse? That's one of the most, I think, Scottish responses I've ever heard. I'm still looking for an answer. Well. One of us will be waiting for a long time. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
I wonder which one it shall be. <laughs> I'm really glad I could turn you around, man. Yeah, not only a podcast, not only a fun way to spend your afternoon, but also inspiring people <laughs> to stay in their, you know, middle management jobs, staring at a computer. Um, but yeah, that's great. What's what's your favorite part of the day? Lunchtime. <laughs> I worked in an office for two weeks, and I could really get behind lunchtime. Because yeah, lunch, because I don't, I work in the evening. Lunch is just nah. But like, you work in an office. Lunch is like, are we gonna get roast beef? Am I gonna have a rosé? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much more to it. Where do you work in the city? Uh, Victoria. In Victoria. Yeah. Good lunch. I hate Victoria. What am I it's talking horrible. about? It's horrible. It's a kind of no one's, no one goes to Victoria because of Yeah, Victoria. I'm gonna end on this. I, because I travel so much, I literally have a rating of London train stations, and Victoria is second worst to Paddington. Paddington <coughs> is such a hunk of garbage. Because you think it would be good because it has a Yo Sushi in that burrito place, but the burrito place is 10 pounds, and that Yo Sushi, yeah. I've had the sushi there twice. Both times, I've gotten sick. I was hungover both times, but still, yeah. I blame the sushi. Uh, but Victoria, second worst. Because also, do you find the, the homeless people around Victoria Station are just needlessly rude? Um, I've never noticed that, but I've not, again, I've not really been looking for it. Keep I an eye out. There's a guy who sells a big issue who's always by the men's toilets, and he routinely yells at children. And I don't know why. Yeah. And not just like yells at them for doing anything, just screams like, yeah, at a kid. Um, <laughs> I got shot on by a pigeon inside. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Victoria Station, it's the only place you can go indoors and still get shot on. Well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. You can do that in Paddington as well. <laughs> For those of you uh, who aren't here, uh, an officer of the law just removed his sunglasses and went, "You can do that in Paddington as well." Um, well, guys, I think that's the uh, that's the show. Thank you so much for being a part of that. Please, thank you to Paul and to Kevin for putting this on. Thank you f so much for watching. Apologies to Sweden. Please know that I was just joking, and I don't feel. I kind of do feel that strongly about your heart. But again, I'm not trying to judge you. This is classic middle-class guilt, which is I've done something offensive, and now I'm trying to backpedal. Like, yeah, I'm cool, but it, trust, trust me. <laughs> forgive me in the way of your people, which is saying that you forgive me, and I will, uh, I will do what all Canadians do, which is feel guilty about this for the rest of my life, and then later we'll lose to you in hockey and feel that we're even. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, this has been the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right.